0: What up, Saints and Aints? Oh my goodness, we have a thief. Um, that's not that's not your saying. First of all, we won flesh. It's so my saying. Your saying
1: is my saying.
0: Hey, Saints and Aints. What up with y'all? That's yours. What up with y'all? That's you.
1: Man, whatever. dog. Keep your stuff. Stay you in a, your lane. You a hater? Because how y'all doing, man? Um, we haven't did a podcast in a while. In ages, we missed y'all a I'll, little bit. I hope I missed y'all. I oh, okay. You, I, I don't know uh, about y'all. I don't know if y'all missed us, but um,
0: apparently they did. Oh, i don't know how many tweets and dms and i could post a picture of a hot dog and they saying y'all gonna do a podcast on hot dogs soon somebody was like are you guys quitting <laughs> <laughs> why you give her that voice something, i don't know what i something I, tells me she wasn't brown
1: i looked at her picture and i just thought she's
0: quitting like that. are you guys quitting come but, on but yeah we've been a part of a, a spoken word to, tour called the pose autumn tour so We've done about thirty cities. We got California, left Texas, and South Africa. So if you want to come out and see us, uh, go to www.thepiatour.com. Anywho, yeah. yeah, man. So I want to
1: introduce a new thing to you guys uh, on Thirty Minutes with the Perry's called Teach the Text.
0: Teach the Text, sir.
1: Yes, Teach the Text will be something that we do periodically. Um, and we would talk about a text that we're studying and one of us will teach it and go through the text with you guys. And, um, me and Jackie, we're both teachers. We both love the word of God. We both love studying the word of God. So we thought it would be beneficial for you guys to, uh, yeah, experience this, um, this series with us. So today I want to talk about the book of Jude because
0: because my, my homeboy, can you stop interrupting me? goodness gracious wow that was Gosh, long suffering wasn't it so rude look at you walking in the spirit <laughs>
1: <laughs> because my beautiful wife she um just completed a bible study on the book of jude and it's amazing how you know i know because you came home every single day and um, you learned something new because you show sure i'm watching the game oh can you pause it can you pause it can you pause it let me tell you this <laughs> part that i'm studying it hey like, i'm just trying, i'm just trying to watch the um yeah, but I think it would be dope if we walked through the book of Jude and uh, you teach us all you have been learning. Uh, well,
0: I can't teach all, but I could teach some because we only got 30 minutes. Uh, have you read Jude before? Like, Because I know for me, I've never, I i never heard a sermon on Jude. I've rarely heard you quote it. Don't nobody sing it. Don't nobody put it in the Instagram captions. Jude is like a stepbrother that nobody wants.
1: Yeah, I mean, I haven't. seen a lot of people or heard a lot of people teach, um, the, the, the book of Jew in its entirety mm-hmm. but you know I'm in the apologetic spaces often so I hear contend for the faith mm-hmm. which is verse in Jew three. verse 3 mm-hmm. all the time we kind of apologists kind of use that scripture like Christians use um, John 3.16 John 3.16 <laughs> yeah. for God so loved the world um, that and also 1 Peter 3.15 about defending the faith but not in its entirety Yeah, I haven't heard it in its entirety uh, you're actually the first person I've seen personally do a whole Bible study on the book of Jude. so kudos
0: to you first God yeah, I just, I felt like a personal uh, obligation to teach on Jude, I, but let me introduce even how I wanted to. So when I was a new believer, um, I was a part of a church. I think i mentioned this in the podcast about church hurt, but I was a part of the church, a part, part of a church that was really legalistic. And so I felt like at any moment, any moment I'll go to hell. Like if I talk on the phone too long and, you know, not give the gospel in six days <laughs> and I found the verse, uh, Jude 24 and 25, where it says, uh, Now to him who is able to keep you from falling. And that was the first time I feel like as a Christian, um, where I realized that my, like when I stand before God, it wouldn't be because of my, primarily because of my own efforts. It would be because God's hands were stronger than my legs. Mm. And I was, mm. that's a just, tweet. It is. And I was like, Man, like, I wonder now, 10 years later, I wonder what brought Jude to verse 24 and 25. Like what preceded this doxology to even uh, give him like, uh, I guess, uh, the need to have to close in that way.
1: That's so, a good question. Yeah. So let's start off with the question. Who is Jude?
0: Well, if you read verse one, <laughs> uh, it starts by saying Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, which I think when you when you look at introductions in the Bible, people can tend to skim them yeah. when it's so much there. Our uh,
1: introduction tells us a lot. It tells us about a about lot the text about the person.
0: They're not useless. Yeah. Um so Jew, when he says a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, first, I wanted to figure out who James was. And so James was a prominent bishop uh, in the church of Jerusalem uh, in the early church. And James was also a brother of Jesus. So that art automatically made me say, oh, if Jude is a brother of James and James is a brother of Jesus, then Jude is a brother of Jesus, mm. which makes his statement about how he relates to Jesus even more impactful. How so? Because he doesn't he doesn't call Jesus his brother. He calls him his master. For him to say, I am a servant of Jesus Christ is to say that Jesus is my Lord. Wow. Um So
1: you're saying like we would have been name-dropped.
0: Absolutely. Brother of Jesus. What do you mean? I want married to every- my mama. I
1: want everything for free. Jesus is my brother, for God's <laughs> sakes.
0: I sat at his table all the time.
1: Right. I grew up with this man.
0: I saw the first chair that he built.
1: We took baths together. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it's like you're reading the epistle of a very humble man that's and a submitted man. That's dope. Um,
1: that's dope. Um, I, that's encouraging to know that he walked in that type of humility. Uh, this book is very small. Yes. It's literally one chapter.
0: 25 verses.
1: Right. Um, so I, I can see um, this book and I have seen this book skimmed over, not really paid that much attention to right why is the book of jude even important like why should people read it
0: well we should primarily read it because it's in god's word. uh in second uh, second timothy 316 it, it tells us how all the scriptures breathe out by god and profitable for teaching for reproof for correction for training Theanustos. what what's uh, that that's, that's tongues
1: no that's the greek word for God-breathed, stuff.
0: Oh, I thought you said Thanos, like that dude on that one movie, that Marvel movie no, that people no. watch. stuff. Okay. Um, anywho, if all of scripture is God-breathed, then that means all of scripture is good for me to read, to learn about God so that I could be righteous. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And Jude is a part of the canon, so therefore Jude is God-breathed. I think also it's relevant because uh the verse that you mentioned, Uh, When it talks about contending for the faith, that's what all Christians are trying to do. A lot of the conferences I go to, a lot of the questions that I get asked are people trying to figure out how do I defend the doctrines of scripture, whether that relates relates to sexual ethics, whether that relates to gender equality, because gender equality is is a justice ethical issue, right? Uh, whether that relates to how do I, what you do talk to Mormons and Jehovah's witnesses on the street who believe that Jesus is just just a man or merely a prophet, but not also God. Yeah. Um, and so Jude is telling us, no, this is what God has actually called us to do is to fight for That's what it means to contend, to wrestle, to preserve and, uh, highlight and esteem and protect, uh, what the apostles and the prophets have given us in the scriptures. That's good. So that's really relevant.
1: Yeah, that's really good. It says um, in later scriptures, it says that some people have um, crept into the church unnoticed. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: what the, Does that unnoticed
1: part intrigue you? Yeah, because it, it kind of gives a dope visual. Yeah. It's like, why were they able to be unnoticed? Mm-hmm. And um, why
0: did they cre- cre- creep in instead of walk?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, I just imagine somebody with a hood look, <laughs> looking sideways like... Like the devil (laughs) just walking in. Like a uh, ninja. Like a ninja, like creaked in unnoticed. Um, Who were these people Mm -hmm. and what do they look like um, in our context?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think they're – because Jude is – He gives us something, but seeing that we were not the people he was writing to, it's hard for us to know exactly who he's talking about. If he's talking about church leaders, if he's talking about just random members of the church. But basically, they're a group of people uh, who are presenting themselves as people who are faithful, but they're unfaithful. And they're going unnoticed in the church, which tells us that the church is not discerning that there are people among them probably leading their Bible study groups, uh, probably leading their uh, small group time, probably preaching on Sunday morning who don't really love Jesus or submit to him. And the way he's going to go about this letter is the entire body of his letter is talking about the behavior of these teachers And the condemnation awaiting these teachers. Mm. Um, But by him describing their behavior their or their character is the way that you're able to discern them, which is what Jesus told us. Uh, You will know a tree by its fruit, not how smart they are, not how long they went to seminary, not how many Instagram followers they got, not how many times they made it on New York Times list, not how many deacons uh, approve and affirm them, not how uh, how much their wife loves them. How do they live? do they live like Jesus is Lord or not? Um, but it's not only that their lives are wicked, but their message is wicked. Um, in verse three, I believe he talks about contending for the faith for certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation for they are teaching You better
1: quote scripture without (laughs) looking at the phone or the Bible. Come on now. That's my wife.
0: These people were teaching that God's grace gives them license to sin. Hmm. Um, which is very similar, I think, to our cultural moment where people uh, say that God's love gives us license to sin, where we co-opt an attribute of God and use it as an excuse to still walk in disobedience. That's good. That's obviously been happening throughout history. And Jude is telling us to contend for it. So that's how you notice them. How do they live and what do they teach?
1: That's dope. I want to go to verse eight. OK, because I think verse eight is good.
0: Super complicated verse.
1: Right. Because in verse eight, it talks about the, these people and it kind of seems as if they're talking about these people in a different manner mm-hmm. than creeping into faith and being unnoticed. This kind of seems blatant, but I want you to explain it. But it says, yet in like manner, these people also rely on their dreams to file the flesh, reject authority and blaspheme Read. the glorious one. Don't be them Hebrew Israelites. <laughs> Read. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> um. What does that mean um, mm-hmm. when it says yet in the yet in like manner these people relying on their dreams? Let's the deal with that. What 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 does it mean to rely on your dreams?
0: So dreamers throughout like Old Testament scripture were people who you would call a prophet or they saw visions, and so to rely on dreams is to say that these were people that trusted in their visions for their authority. Mm. You know, it's so so they they the would yeah they would so it's it's kind of like um. A lot of these false religions have come up from people who say they had an interaction with an angel or with God that told them this revelation that has nothing to do with the Bible. And so they were trusting in what they saw or what they say they saw. Like
1: Joseph Smith in the 1800s, who said that God came to him in a dream and said and told him that the word of God has fallen away and needed to be restored. And that's essentially how he wrote the book of Mormon or how,
0: Ellen G. White with Seven Day Adventures. Yeah. Uh, Tra- Muhammad.
1: Yes, Muhammad. He
0: said he had a vision.
1: Yeah, he so, had a vision and he traveled to Africa, to uh, Israel, to the moon on a donkey in one night. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, Charles Taze Russell mm-hmm. had the s- same dreams and visions. So that's good. Yeah, so he's talking about people like that. Wow. So, so it is possible for somebody, because a lot of people will say, I have, God deals with me in dreams. Um, it, you're saying that's not that's not evil in itself. But when, no. we, when we make it authoritative. Yeah.
0: When your dream or your vision contradicts scripture, mm. then your dream is not to be trusted in or wow. relied in. Um, scripture is the predominant way by which God reveals himself through mm. the scriptures, through his son and through nature. Right. But that's general revelation. This is specific. That's
1: really good. <laughs> you know I'm saying? That's really good. wife. when it says defile the flesh, reject authority and blaspheme the glorious ones. What does that look like?
0: <laughs> so defile the flesh. Basically, they fleshly they, they like uh, when I was in uh, when I used to go to church, we used to call people like that carnal. Carnal. Just, you, so carnal, you carnal like you. <laughs> they just don't walk by the spirit um, and they reject the authority, meaning uh, they reject the Lord's authority. They don't submit to him as king or as master, but they also don't submit to anybody that might be in an authoritative position above them. And I think sometimes the way I've seen this played out in churches is that these people will usually put themselves in a position of authority and they can if they talk good. Mm. And if they look like they live right, and if they went to certain Bible colleges, they'll be put in a position of authority where they don't have to submit to anybody. Yeah. Um, but the heart—the heart—is the same. That—that's a way of them not submitting to Jesus is by putting themselves in a position where they don't have to submit to anybody.
1: Yeah. And they can—and they can—they can survive in the church because their knowledge. Going unnoticed. Yeah, because their knowledge is exalted, mm-hmm. um, and people ignore the fact that they haven't really submitted to God or exactly. anybody else. That's good.
0: And uh, when it comes to the blasphemy of the glorious ones, th- this this part of the passage was one of the most difficult because it didn't make sense. It's why just was like it difficult? because you don't hear nobody doing an altar call for blaspheming angels. <laughs> <laughs> all, all the people that blaspheming angels come up here and repent. <laughs> and so I'm just like I don't know what this means. Like why is this here? Yeah, but true. I think verse nine kind of helps us understand what he's getting at when he says, "But when the archangel Michael." contending here we go see that word again fighting quarreling with the devil was disputing about the body of Moses he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment but said the Lord rebuke you so a part of these people not wanting to submit to authority is that they don't know how to stay in their place. The mm. simple fact that we are a created being automatically makes us subject to somebody, which is God. Yeah. Um, but these people don't want to be subject to anybody. They want to presume, or they want to be. They want to be the king. They want to be the one in control. But he contrasts them with Michael the Archangel, who, in having a discussion, Michael the Archangel is a created being having a conversation with another created being, but he defaults to the authority of God for rebuking the devil. He does not put that on himself. He doesn't say, I rebuke you. He says the Lord rebuke you. Why? Because the Lord has the right to and the power to. And so he's saying these people are not like Michael. They don't submit to God, nor do they see God as the ultimate authority over all things. But they want to be that themselves.
1: Wow. Dang. It's deep. I think we can end it right there. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> that was super deep. Um, that's real good, wife. That's real good. Let's go to verse 20 real quick because it seems as if Jude is um, directing the attention on us. He says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. praying
0: in the Holy Ghost.
1: Why, why Why? does it seem as if he's directing the attention on us and what is he communicating?
0: Well, the letter wasn't written to these people or these false teachers. It was was written to God's church, God's beloved. Um, He even began by saying uh, that he wrote it to those who are called uh, beloved in God the Father. So when he began this letter, he began it by addressing them as people who are very loved by God. Mm. And so now he's resuming his conversation uh, by no, no longer talking about these people, as they were called, but talking about God's church. Um, And he wants to, he wants to give them tools now that as they contend, this is one of the ways in which you can protect yourself from falling into the same traps. Um, And I think even uh, as they contend, this is one way to become discerning um, is to build yourself up in your holy faith, which is It it, kind of it it goes with the the whole idea of edification or building a building. So you read your word, you you pray, you fellowship with the saints. That's how you build up your faith. Um, You pray in the Holy Spirit, which means to allow the Holy Spirit to control how you pray. Um, Do you pray scripture? Uh, Do you pray for people, including your enemies? Hmm. How do you pray? Is it lazy? Is it disconnected? Are you watching and praying? Are you attentive to the fact that you are talking to the King of Kings and the Lord of hosts when you pray? Um, Then he says to await God's mercy. This speaking to hope.
1: But before even before he even says await God's mercy, he, he says keep yourselves in the love of God. Right. How does one keep themselves in the love of God?
0: So keep yourselves in the love of God, and this these two passages is the only imperative. An imperative is a command. So mm, if I tell us. if I tell Eden go brush your teeth, that is an imperative. And if she says how, I say get your toothbrush and put, or not get your toothbrush, but you can put toothpaste on your toothbrush that's how she's able to obey the imperative so when he says build yourselves up in your most holy faith uh pray in the spirit and await the mercy of our lord jesus christ all three of those are the how of how to keep yourselves in the love of god
1: Mm. that's good that's good
0: uh I I think it's important though cuz I think one of the, the 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 verses that encouraged me not the most but a lot was verses 22 and 23 just because it gets really practical um because I'm in a space you know dealing with with sexuality where I think contending for the faith is so much more personal I feel like sometimes the way you contend not the way but the 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 context in which you contend is much more intellectual so it, like talking Explain. to So you're dealing with Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, Hebrew Israelites. Do they have heart problems? Yes. But a lot of it is fundamentally doctrinal things that y'all have to wrestle through. Versus with sexuality, I'm dealing with people and their identity. You know, and their feelings and their affections yeah. is just a different way I have to be sensitive in contending for the faith with people like that.
1: Yeah. I, I, yeah. Because I think it's a difference when somebody has a, a totally different framework about who the person of God is and um, how do we come to know God and or, or you, uh, opposed to how you're dealing with somebody who has um, certain ethical problems mm-hmm. or um yeah so i, I think it, i think because of it it looks differently so you have to kind of break down what somebody believes in another religion before you kind of get to that heart mm-hmm. in a lot of ways but in the spaces that you're in um, when it comes to you know sexuality homosexuality how does contending for that faith look like
0: well i i, th- I think in general honestly i think what jude offers us is something crazy and dope because he says One, have mercy on those who doubt. Then he says, save others by snatching them out of the fire to others, show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by flesh. Mm. That is such good advice, I think, as we contend, because one, there are some people who are struggling just because they're doubtful you know, yeah. they, they ain't fell off the cliff yet. They just, they just dealing with some things. They look in the scriptures and what they see doesn't seem like it might be real. Yeah. You know, God is good. You know how much things, how many things I've suffered through. My mom died. My dad has cancer. Yeah. Like there, there are some valid reasons why some people doubt, you yeah. know, and Jude is saying, have mercy on those people to have mercy is to be compassionate. You yeah. don't beat them over the head with the Bible. You have mercy, yeah. but there's also another category of people Eddie says you save others though. By snatching them out of the fire. Notice, you need some discernment to know that there are p- the way you deal with people in ministry cannot be the same for every person. Some people need mercy. Some people need to be snatched. Ooh, that's a word.
1: Yeah. What? Yeah. What scripture is that? Um, mm. Snatching them out of the fire. Twenty-two.
0: Save others by snatching them out of the fire, meaning that there are some people they have gone beyond doubting now. Now their feet are close to the flames, meaning they are they are drifting close to the same thing that will judge them. What does that look like, though? What does that look like to snatch somebody out of fire? Firm like s- slap. (laughs) (laughs) What
1: does it look like?
0: Hey, sis, uh, what you are doing biblically is wrong. And what God says is that He will judge you. Jesus died so you could be free. Jesus died so you wouldn't have to be a slave to that. But I have to be honest with you and let you know that if you continue to, if you keep continuing as you are in the sins that you are behaving in, though you make name the name of Christ, John says that uh, that those who say that they love God do not cannot continue to walk in sin. And if you continue to walk in sin, it is proof that you don't know Him.
1: That's good. That's it's a,
0: it's a, it's a, it's a directness. It's a this is where you are, you are headed towards darkness. There is no more pandering. There is no more rubbing up the back. It's, this is what it is. You still say it with grace. You're still gentle. You're still careful. But I think it's a different urgency to the way that you deal with somebody who is being uh, led toward the flames than there is with someone who is doubting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because it seems as if what you're saying is contending for the faith doesn't look like uh, a particular method no. that we have to be discerning mm-hmm. because contending for the faith uh, for some is a bearing with. It's like, because they're doubting, I need to walk alongside you and love you yes. to show you the love of Christ in deed and in action. And some people are just rejecting God yes. and need to be yeah, that's good because I think sometimes when you hear, especially in apologetic spaces, content for the faith, we almost act or a lot of apologists almost act like this this method. It's just like, no, I have to defend the faith. As, in the same all. way. Yeah, yeah, in the same way every single time. Or we just approach it with this intellectual academic yeah, argument um And we ignore um the person. Yeah. And we don't discern where, where the person is at. Yeah. But that's good. It's like, Cause, yeah, cause, it's more nuanced than that.
0: Yeah, because verse 22 and 23, you need wisdom to obey those. Yeah, that's you, good. You know, you, you can't go into it like, oh, I read a book about how to love... uh this teen group or how to love these at risk, uh, people. And you just think that every single, like you generalize people when people, individuals, you have to talk to them and learn where they are. So are they doubting or are they near the flames? These yeah. are the questions that you need to be asking yourself.
1: Yeah, that's really good, Jackie. Um, but at the end of verse 23, it says, snatching them out of the fire to others, show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by hating. the
0: flesh intensity
1: so snatching them out of the fire is one thing but it says um but also to show fear to others to others hating even the garment stained by flesh what does that mean
0: so i think this one is super uh relevant I, i think many of us as christians we have seen people who in their effort to love their neighbor their neighbor who might be in particular sins that the the love turned into being complicit about it um, where they started to love the person more than they love the God that they were trying to show to the person. Oof. And I think this, what, this is what Jude is actually trying to guard us against. To say, to show mercy with fear, what he means is to show mercy while fearing God. Yes. Because when you when your preeminent goal is compassion apart from God, apart from fearing God, your compassion will become complicity. It will just because that's how that's what the flesh does. It will move towards something that you never thought it would. And so I think what he's, what he's trying to counsel us is no, you show mercy, you be compassionate. You walk in love. You, you, you invite them over for dinner. You welcome them to your church. You do all of that, but you make sure you fear God the whole time. Because if you don't, you run the risk of walking into or uh, agreeing to the same sins that you once thought that you needed to rescue them out of. Yeah. And
1: we'll begin to compromise just to appease the people who are in front of us instead of the Yeah, Lord.
0: But it doesn't even become compromise. It just becomes a system of belief that you now ascribe to. Wow. Which is what we see in the, in the church.
1: That's good. And that's deep. That's a great <laughs> warning for us all. Um, now let's go to 24 because this doxology. The
0: doxology. This
1: doxology is probably one of the most quoted doxologies. Yes. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful. It makes me want to cry. Yeah, it's a beautiful doxology. I think this um, and the whole continuing for the faith that we read earlier are the two. That's true. The two known things in this passage, uh, in this book of Jude. Um, What is this doxology communicating? Sum it up for us. Go ahead and teach us now. So,
0: (laughs) So, if you were sitting under Jude's, you, you have to read the, the entire epistle yourself. But if you were sitting under Jude's teaching, you just learned that there are a group of people in your midst that have crept in that you are not even noticing, that are bringing in uh, heresies, that are living in ways that contradict the gospel. Um, and that these people will be judged by God. Uh, Jude spends a whole lot of time talking about the judgment, the judgment of God on the ungodly. And then he ends with giving you some practical exercises on how to maintain uh, while you while you contend, which is to keep yourselves in the love of God. But what could happen is that you could be discouraged. You can feel like, man, what's going to keep me from becoming like them? What's mm-hmm. going to keep me from not falling? Um, I, I I, think we all kind of feel that as we have Christians who fall away from the faith all around us. It can be a discouraging thing. so, And I think one of the temptations of discouragement when it comes to the Christian faith is to think either let me just go and do what my flesh is telling me to do, or let me work harder and start to believe that my righteousness and my access to heaven will all be dependent upon my own works. Wow, Those are the two extremes, right? And so I think when he ends in this doxology, he reminds them that, hey, now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless before his glorious presence with great joy, the effort, we do we give effort in our walks? Yes, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. But it is Him who works in you yeah. to willing to work for His good pleasure. And so ultimately, it's placing and reminding them that God, even if all these people are falling around you, God by His grace You're is the going one who's to. Doing it. Yeah. God and his grace is going to keep you standing. And so I think what God what Jude wants to remind them is that even if everybody around you doesn't want to stay in your place, even if everybody around you doesn't want to submit to your authority, even if everybody around you wants to defile their flesh, even if everybody wants around you who used to believe in a, a certain biblical ethic and now wants to believe in something else that the Bible has never ordained. Ooh. Even if that's happening. Come on now. God is going to keep you in your place. Why? Because he's good like that. He's good. Yeah, and so he ends it by saying to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Um, so I don't leaves. know why that
1: gives me chill bumps every time. Why does it? I don't know. It's just so, I think when you hear repetitive words about the character and the nature of God, um, majesty, dominion, authority before all time and forever now, you know, mm-hmm. I just think that it's beautiful. I don't know. but Continue. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> no, it is because... He doesn't end it like some of these Christian books end where we learn more about ourselves than we do God. Wow. He ends it on praise and on worship. He doesn't say, oh, you're going to be kept because you're amazing. Oh, you're going to be kept because you're strong. Oh, you're going to be kept because you went to seminary. Oh, you're going to be kept because you pray a lot. Mm. Oh, you're going to be kept because you, you worship long. He says, no, you're going to be kept because you're being kept by the only God. Wow. You're being kept by Uh, Jesus Christ, our savior, you're being kept by the one who has authority and dominion. And he's had all of this dominion and authority before all time. And he has all this authority and dominion now, and he's going to have it in the future. (laughs) So you Mm -hmm. are being kept by someone who is infinitely stronger than every being in the entire universe. That come on now that should do something to your faith.
1: I will pull one of your dreads out. Please don't teaching like this. Please
0: don't. That does something to your faith to be reminded of the sustaining power of God. Yeah. And I think it encourages us as we're in this world that so desperately wants us to find so many different alternatives than him. Um And so I think Jude's letter is so, so, so relevant for 2019 and beyond.
1: Yeah, that's encouraging, wife. I just want to say that I have been encouraged seeing you wrestle and dig through this text. I think that it has changed you and it has um, allowed you to experience God better and because I'm your your husband um I have experienced God better by hey you
0: man
1: you taught me Shit a lot. In the book or you taught me a lot through this text so fact. um yeah that was a fake tongue but mm-hmm. um <laughs> you taught me a lot so I thank God for this text I thank God for you and I thank God for his word
0: thank you um, you're beautiful so I if say, you I say you're beautiful. Oh, thank beautiful. you. If you want to walk <laughs> through the book of Jude, if you if you want to spend time in this text, uh, you can go to www.lifeway.com forward slash Jude. And I have a, a woman study and a teen study. Uh, it is seven weeks and I, I tend to be really particular and thorough in my study. So you're going to spend time on the only God. What does that mean? Our savior. What does that mean? Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. What does that mean? Our Lord. What does that, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I want, I want women and whoever, honestly, to walk away with a greater view um, and love for God and his scriptures. So that's good. Thanks for joining us guys. Thanks
1: guys. Peace.